Hey everyone, I'm Yasmin Nori and you're listening to the Behind Her Empire podcast. I'm on a mission to showcase successful self-made women who share honest stories and lessons of what it really takes to create the life you want and build your own empire. If you've been listening to the show, you know, just like you, I've been on my own personal journey to build my empire. I've recently started a new business called Bia that helps women tackle their period problems and hormonal imbalances using a natural whole foods approach. If you're suffering from bad cramps, irregular periods, fatigue, bloating, stay tuned because a little bit later in the podcast, I'll share a bit more about my company, Bia. But for now, let's jump into today's episode. I want to welcome this week's guest, Shawnee Darden, to our show today. Shawnee is a celebrity esthetician and founder of Shawnee Darden Skincare, a line of high-performing, effective skincare products. Shawnee trained as an esthetician under a leading dermatologist, eventually going out on her own years later. She developed a passion for creating products she could not find, sending her clients home with custom-made formulas between visits. Shawnee built her studio and her reputation as one of the most in-demand estheticians in the world and the go-to skin pro for celebrities like Kelly Rowland and Jessica Alba. In this week's episode, we talk about Shawnee's very non-linear path. After relocating from a small town to Los Angeles with dreams of pursuing a modeling career, she quickly realized the glitzy world of fashion and modeling didn't align with her true aspirations. It was through a series of many twists and turns, which we talk about all today, that she found her calling to become an esthetician. During our conversation, Shawnee offers a glimpse into the intricacies of her products and shares insights from her time when she was working as a receptionist, a job she was in for years while going to school and wanting to learn more about what it takes to run a successful spa. She opens up about the humble beginnings when she launched her wildly successful retinol reform serum from her living room and how she eventually paved the way into the shelves of Sephora. We talk all things entrepreneurship, how she built her brand, and of course, we end on all her biggest skincare tips and tricks, especially when it comes to acne. Welcome to the show, Shawnee. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'd love to start talking about beliefs. Something sparked my interest in another interview you did in the past where you said a few things that I think really resonate. You said, it's so critical to trust your own instincts, believe in yourself and go after it, even if people tell you differently. This resonates a lot with me because obviously everybody has opinions, right? Especially when you're like taking the leap to change your career, or doing something different. Everyone and their mothers has opinions. So how did you deal with that on your own journey and really make sure that you were so true to your own beliefs and what lights you up? You know, I, I think in the beginning, I listened to a lot of people and I went against what my instincts mm. were. And and so I found for making those mistakes that you have to go with your own instinct. And so now for me, I mean, that wasn't in the beginning. It's definitely something that's now for me, I usually know, and I don't allow people usually to steer me in the wrong direction. And do you have examples? And we'll go into your story, but something that you remember, like, gosh, everybody was saying for me to go on this lane and I did it. And then years later, I realized it wasn't the right fit. Oh, yeah. I mean, with I, I don't really want to say the examples because <laughs> I just wouldn't want to <laughs> these feelings. But I've had many people um, that have been part of my team that I, in the beginning, knew this wasn't the right thing. And everyone said, oh, no, 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 this is right. And it ended up being not the best. So, yeah, mm. I have I have gone through it for sure. Yeah. And it's so funny. So I've been doing this now, like these interviews for three years and 
the one thing that I hear in all these podcasts from women like yourself with these, you know, successful businesses and lives is like, follow your gut. And I never understood what that meant until I started my own business. And I think, like you said, it's trial and error. You do things because maybe someone who you think might know better than you says something and then you get crash and burn and you're like, that's always, always because, you know, I think the person's smarter than me or they've gone through this before. So they know, but it's not always the case. I love that. So just like, doubling down on what feels right to you. Um, You know, listen, if you're going to run a company and you need to make sure the people that are on your team are people that you trust and you, you just know you have that feeling of whether or not something's right or wrong. Mm, I love that. I love that so much. It resonates a lot. So I want to talk about now just kind of your upbringing. You know, I look at you, you've had such a strong work ethic and passion in like whatever avenue you've done. Tell me more about your childhood and what do you think really like impacted the woman that you are today or the work that you're doing today? I I don't know. I mean, as far as work ethic, I've just always had it. I, I, mm. I don't know. I've always been someone that's just worked really hard. I mean, I guess my parents drilled um, <laughs> that into me or maybe from watching them work all the time. But I've always kind of had that. Or at least as I started, to, you know, after college, I think I, I knew... I just was always a hard worker. I always had a million jobs, maybe because I had to. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you knew the value of money and like hard work and you yeah. kind of did that from a young age. I know, you know, I was actually, I love this video. You kind of have this intro video about your brand and you walk through maybe the rashes you had as a child and you kind of teared up a little bit. So were there any fundamental things maybe when you were a teenager that impacted your confidence or that was tough for you when you were younger? Well, I mean, I lived in a small town with everyone was white. So Mm. that was my childhood. So it was definitely not easy growing up in that environment, but that that's that's kind of where my my journey that's how I ended up in LA like I always knew I was supposed to leave there Mm, I see totally yeah and that that was kind of you know my next question is like you went from this small town in New York and you're like all right let me get to LA like what was the impetus for you to come here and what brought you really to LA I moved here because I was modeling kind of as a child and then throughout you know, when I was in college and then scout or whatever from an agency saw me and said, come to LA, we're going to make you a supermodel. And I came and then that journey wasn't great. So then I got into skincare. No, totally. It's so funny. I feel like there was an era where everyone, there was like agencies that were like, come to LA, be a supermodel. Oh, and there's yeah, like all these sure. quote unquote scouts. I'm like, I remember those days in LA. I mean, what was your experience there? Cause I'm sure, you know, you see it in movies in LA and you're like, all right, I made it here. You know, what was it about? About modeling that might have been like, you know what, this is not my path. Like, what were you kind of doing at the time? It was just, I wasn't getting any jobs. I was getting only, I would get booked on music videos. And it's like, I don't even know how to dance. What am I doing? And I'd be rolling around in like some weird corset and a rap video. So that I didn't want to do that. And when I came here, my thought was that, oh, I'm going to be a commercial model or I'll be in that. And none of that happened. So that was the journey of like, I'm, I can't do this. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So. And it's funny because back then I feel like music videos were like the thing. Oh no, you were- <laughs> for sure. Remember the, what was it? The countdown, the, on MTV. Like it was oh, such yeah. 
feel when a new video would come out. I miss those days. They should bring that back. I know. I know. It was fun. I know. I, I think I was like 13 or younger and I'm like, I want to be in a music video. We just would pretend. So, but you know, even though it was probably the thing at the time, it didn't feel aligned with what you were doing. So I'm sure, like you said, that was kind of the reason you pivoted, but how did you even think through skincare? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I always say dumb things. Like when you find your calling, you just find it and you'll know. I have no idea. Listen, I was always obsessed with skincare since I was really young. I was very into, my mom was really into like teaching me about how to take care of my skin. That obsession obviously then trickled into later on when I was, you know, older. It just sort of happened. I went to school. I knew I wanted to work at a spa. I went to school to be a massage therapist. I wasn't good at it. Then I went to school to be an esthetician and I immediately loved it. So that's yeah. was what I was supposed to do. And what I appreciate about, about that, because there's actually a lot of intentionality, meaning you like, I look at you and I'm like, oh, she actually tries stuff, right? Some people are like, I don't know what I like. I hate my job. I'm like, try something. Like yeah. you had so many quote unquote tries. You moved to LA. Okay. You might've not got that job you want. You did music videos. You did it. You maybe yeah. you didn't love it, but you did it. You're like, okay, got to pivot. Let me see. Can I be a massage therapist? You did all that. I don't like it. And so it's like you were doing all these things that got you to where you are, which I appreciate. And I just want to emphasize that because I've been there before. I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I dabbled in things I didn't like where I'm like, got me to eventually to, you know, my passions and wellness. So I just, I love that. And one thing, you know, that is interesting. So you finally kind of found this life in skincare and you're like, oh my gosh, this unfound passion. I've always loved it. This makes sense. You were actually a receptionist, I believe at a pretty well-known spa for years. And if I read this correctly, you mentioned, you know, you didn't always want to be there. I'm sure you had bigger aspirations at the time. Tell us more about that period in your life and maybe why you were there and some of the biggest learnings you had being a receptionist at that spa. The reason why I was a receptionist is because I knew how competitive it was to get a job in LA as an esthetician. I went to work at all of these different places in hopes that I would get a job there. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, that's really the only reason why I went in that direction. But I learned how to run a, a spa, you yeah. know what I mean? I learned... I learned so much. I, you know, one of the places they actually did an apprenticeship program with me where the estheticians taught me how to give facials. And this was while I was going to school. So I did learn so much in that whole in that whole world, for sure. Yeah, I love that. We actually had another woman on the podcast and she has a, a different skincare brand over the past like 40 years. And she did the same thing. She like left her stable job and became a receptionist just to learn how yeah. things are run. And again, I love that because I think sometimes we're driven so much about like money and the right step when sometimes like my biggest learnings came from pay cuts and putting in the work that helped me in my business now and purposefully, right? And you were purposeful about being there, being in the right environment, getting your foot in. And if I read this correctly, I think, you know, you put in your work there at that spa, but they didn't eventually give you a job, right? And you kind of, oh, so I, tell me more about that. Yeah. That wasn't when I got fired. When I got out of school, she said, you're not ready. And then I worked for the dermatologist and then I actually came back and worked oh. for her again. Like, she, you know, she wanted me to have some more time. So it was like an, a year or something. And then she fired me. 
Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that feeling wasn't good, but as someone, you know, when you're new in this field, there's a lot of insecurities. You haven't like built that confidence and yeah, a lot of patience. Sure. Like how did that make you feel at the time? And how did that push you in any certain way or? Well, listen, everything sort of usually happens for a reason. It was a great thing. I mean, look at my career now, if I would have stayed with her, it would have gone a different direction. I didn't feel good at the time. I mean, I'd been working at that place forever and she fired me by email and I had just had oh, a baby. So all of it was a disaster, but like in the end, thank you. Thank you for, you know, it's always that way when you get fired from a job or whatever, there's, there's a bigger thing waiting for you. And so it's been a blessing. Like I'm, I have no, I, to be honest, it was such a rough time when it happened. I have always said, because my life turned out so much better from her firing me, I never even speak of her. And I always make sure like, I don't even talk about that, that whole thing. Cause it's kind of like, thank you know if anything I should thank her for you know what I mean totally I love that I'm sure at the time you just had your first kid you got fired I'm sure there's a lot of hormone there's a lot going on there oh, yeah. that it, you're, was you know? it was really scary and I put in so much time because I had gone through that apprenticeship program with her and I was told I would get a job so after and then you're like what what you know what I mean and then the whole thing was just like a lot but but it always works out, yes. right? Like yeah. somehow it always does. So I've done enough interviews. So anytime shit hits the fan on my end, I'm like, there's a reason. Yeah. There's something it's better. Scary, but it's just, it's trying to push you to go in another direction. And so it doesn't always have to be bad. Um, it's hard to really understand that once you're, when you're in it, but it usually is the right thing. Hey everyone, it's Yasmin here. In 2020, I was struggling with some debilitating health stuff. I just got off birth control and suddenly I had acne, mood swings, breast tenderness, and really painful periods. I tried so many things, but the one thing that worked was something called seed cycling. I know you're probably thinking, seed cycling? What the heck is that? It's a natural way to support your hormones using four specific seeds throughout your cycle. The challenge is that seed cycling can be a little complicated to do and kind of time consuming. So I decided to make an organic seed cycling product that is so easy to use. We make it effortless effortless for anyone to get started today. It's called Bia and it's a super easy way to add something powerful to your diet to support your hormones, regulate your cycle, and bring back balance. To learn more about Bia and join our community with thousands of incredible women all over the world, go to BiaWellness.com and that's spelled B-E-E-Y-A Wellness.com and check out the show notes for our promo code to get $10 off your first purchase. Thanks so much for listening and now let's get back to today's episode. And so after she fired you, what was the next step? Was that when you started renting out your own spa or were you working under a few other dermatologists? No, when she fired me, interestingly enough, which is kind of a wild story, but I was, one of my clients was Jessica Alba and I, we both had our first child at the same time and she was renting a house while her house was getting redone. And that house had like a separate entrance and like to this room and she was like you're gonna come and work out of my house and do your clients so i actually that's where i started after that which is wild and by the way the nicest thing ever so i worked there and then after that i went to a wellness center and then after that i was pregnant with my second child and then that's when i decided to jessica also made me do this but she had told me you have this back office at your house 
start doing facials out of that. And that's when I went on my own. Oh my gosh. I love it. What a, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, crazy. I, it's amazing. Cause you know, you, there are certain things in life. You just don't know how it's going to pan out. I'm sure if you told your younger self, Oh yeah, Jessica, I was going to be your client. You're going to work out of a rented house. She's going to encourage you to like, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Very, very weird. And probably one of the nicest things ever because, you know, she's a celebrity and there were people, just my random clients that were coming into that space where she lived. I mean, they didn't know that, but it was just very, it was very nice. Yeah. That's amazing. And I mean, I'm sure it's also a huge testament to just you as a person and obviously your good work. And this actually, you know, I want to talk about just relationship building because, you know, someone, whether it's Jessica Alba or someone else, like put their hand out and to support you, that's like relationships. And I'm just curious, how do you think about in your own life? Has it been instrumental in your own, whether it's your business growth or spa, like how important are relationships to you and the work that you do? Like relationships with clients or? client? Yeah, clients. I mean, I'm sure it's everything. Yeah, I mean, relationships are so important. Having good people around you means everything. Yeah, and it sounds so basic, but unfortunately, so many people don't even have that. And I think when you're going off on your own, it's so tough to kind of do by yourself. And I think you've you've done a great job like fostering relationships, whether they're with your clients or even outside of that, um, which I think has been pivotal in so much of your growth and success. Yeah, for sure. I could definitely not do it alone. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So, you know, you obviously have just such a strong brand name and, you know, Jessica Alba put you on the map. You've worked with so many celebrities, but I want to talk about the early days. You know, you're actually, I did not know that you launched your retinal product 10 years ago. The first one, you were so scrappy. Tell, like, can you just kind of paint a picture about when the idea came, how you even put the formulation together? Like people are always like, you know, I don't have the right PR team. I don't have the right chemist. Like it doesn't, you know, you got to just hustle sometimes to get it done. So paint a picture about your life with like young kids trying to get this first product out. I had worked for the dermatologist for, a, you know, right when I came out of school. So I always had a really big love for retinol. It's one of my favorite ingredients. So I found a chemist and they kind of worked with me. To, I, I, kind of, I knew I wanted lactic acid in it. We kind of worked together and went from there and me giving facials was how I had money to like make the product. And then we kind of went from there. We had to put the labels on the bottle ourselves. We would do all the shipping for my house. So it's a lot, but that's how it started and it all worked out. So. Yeah. And I love it. I was reading something where you said, you know, the branding now is so different than when you had launched it. Like, tell us more about what it looked like. Cause sometimes people want like the most perfect product and you double down on the ingredients. But what did it look like? <laughs> it was really ugly. I wish I had it here. I have it at the office. It was very ugly. It was like a white bottle with this awful sticker on it. And I think like the logo my husband drew and it was awful. He thought it was so great. And we would just put those little stickers on it. It was, it was pretty awful. Yeah, but it worked. So it like- worked. Listen, the, product, the pro- retinol reform is such a great product. And at that time, you know, there were a lot of over-the-counter mm-hmm. retinol. So it just was the perfect timing. And how did you think about- creating your own product? Because you had like a thriving business as is, right? With all your clients. So was it at some point where you're like, you know what, there needs to be something better. Let me see if I could do it. Or what was the motivation for you to go into your first product? I think just the motivation was that I really wanted to put out a retinol. Also, like at the end of the day, when you're an esthetician, you're, you're not 
making a shit ton of money by any mm-hmm. means. So like, yeah. you know, I, I would think, I mean, for the majority of estheticians, your next step is to make a product. So mm. that's where it really came from. But I really just, I mean, at the time, I think the only over-the-counter retinol was SkinCeuticals. Like I knew I needed to, yeah. I really wanted to make this and that's where it really came from. And I know this is probably so long ago, but do you remember in those early days, like before you went Sephora, any hurdles that you remember hitting where you're like, damn, at the time it was so tough, but again, it was like worth it. And it wasn't that big of a deal 10 years from now, but any stories you remember from those early days? Stories. I've had every hurdle in the world. It always looks beautiful on Instagram, but I have gone through it all. (laughs) I've had this designer that promised to do this. I've lost money and like, it's, Mm. it's always, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a hard thing to do. So for sure. Also, you know, I wasn't making a ton of money. I was doing 40 facials a week. I had, you know, was pregnant and already had a child. So it's just like a lot, but you just got to keep pushing, keep pushing. Yeah. yeah. And I look at women like you who, you know, started their businesses when they were pregnant or having kids or, you know, their careers really took off. Like, how are you managing those times? I mean, it seems like your partner, I don't know if he was involved with the business then to support you, but like, what did your life look like to kind of do all this stuff with two young kids? I mean, my husband helped me a lot. I mean, you know, then we would get, we would get help, you know, as we, I was growing and had more money. The nanny was staying a little bit longer, but yeah, we were definitely, he would handle the business side of it. I, I am not good with that. So Mm -hmm. I kind of stay out of that part. And my, you know, I was just doing my facials, working on the brand and that's what I'm good at. I'm good at facials I'm good at skincare and I'm good at making products. Well, I'm smiling because I'm like, you are the business girl. Like you don't give yourself enough credit, but like, I'm not like, I have to tell you, like I spiral when people talk about numbers and stuff. I'm like, my brain just like wants to explode. It's just not my, I love watching people. It's like, you know, I've obviously known Jessica for so long and I, you know, when you talk to her about any aspect of her business, she understands it all. She understands every. She understands the money, the finance, the product, all of that. I'm just not that person. It's my maybe it's my ADD. I just lose my mind. Yeah, but you know, I appreciate you know that you know that about yourself because not everyone has the ability to do all things. Be a creative. Be the brand. Be the voice. Be the formulas. Be the finance ops. Like that's a lot in one place. But did you always know that in the beginning, or did you used to kind of push yourself? You always knew that. That's great. Still, so it's like double down on who you are, and bring in that part of it. I understand a lot of people could say, "Well, you, you know, that's the the great thing about being it." in it with my husband because you know we have two kids we can you know what i mean like we're we're both trying to reach the same goal so it's great that he can handle that and i trust that he can handle that and then let me make the products well i know i was curious because you work with your husband like any tips for making that work and it seems like a benefit is you guys are in two different lanes yeah so you don't i don't work like great together like no kill each other but like in that you know what I mean? It's like very separate. It's very separate. 
No, that's helpful. I, I started my business with my sister-in-law and I love the finance and the ops. And she's like the formulist, the content, the marketing guru. So it works. And yeah. people are always like, you, would you, my husband's an entrepreneur. They're like, would you guys do anything together? And we're very similar. So we're like, I don't know, not, right. not right. anytime in the future. Yeah. Our kids will be our business. One day when we have kids, we'll, uh, we'll work on that together. Yeah. But I love that the relationship has worked um, between you and your husband for you. And, you know, going back to those early days with your retinol, I thought it was interesting because it seemed like you had a relationship with Sephora or you had conversations with them, but that wasn't an avenue you kind of pulled the trigger on early on. You actually didn't end up officially going until 2020. So how was that relationship and how did that kind of evolve over the years? I love Sephora. I think I've been so grateful for that the whole experience they're wonderful they've only been good to me so i've only had great things happen i mean it's a huge machine you know obviously it's sephora um i just you know i i looked to them for guidance um so it's it's been a great relationship yeah and i think was it like one of the earlier meanings that you might have had and they're like you know what we love you but you might not be ready yet yeah. is that what kind of how it was yeah for sure i was definitely not ready you need like all the things you have to have your finances i mean you're about to put all of these your products in all these sephora stores it's a big machine so mm. for sure like they were like no babe you come back later yeah yeah well i'm sure yeah like the production like you couldn't be doing that out of your house at no. that scale no 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 and, you know, it's interesting because it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like they had that conversation with you a few years before you ended up like going live, right, on their website and working with them. How did you think about when you wanted to like raise money and scale and like go ahead and do it? Because it wasn't like you had a conversation with Sephora and then the next day you're like, all right, let's figure it out. And with, you know, with your husband to scale, like grow immediately. I don't really know. I mean, I think that, uh, I think that investors had started coming to me and so then um so it kind of just went in the right direction and then the investors that came to me also worked directly with Sephora in a way they were all like okay. so it kind of just went at the same time yeah well I appreciate that because I think sometimes we try to force things and it's not bad to have goals and yeah. dreams but it's like it seems like so much of your incredible path has been right timing, right places. And then you kind of jump on that opportunity and it takes you to the next level. So I love that. And how, you know, now you have a whole line of products, but how have you thought through, because I know there's still some other brands that you recommend that is not in your own line purposefully. How did you kind of think about the next steps and what you've kind of brought out with your line outside of the retinol? Um, It's really, you know, because I work with, I, ha I work with clients, I'm giving facials. So it kind of just happens, you know, like, my clients will say, you really need to make this. And then I'll kind of work on it. And then if it comes out great, then there we go. Um, so it's sort of just like a natural path that I grow, grow through. Like, you know, I've been thinking about recently, like, what what am I going to make next kind of thing? Uh, um, but I'm, I'm so fortunate enough because I do work as an esthetician. And so... I'm able to get so much feedback. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I also think that's great because sometimes people are like, I don't know what product is next. And one thing I hear continuously, which is what you just said, like lean into the customers. They're the ones, you know, if you really listen, yeah, then sure. that can be kind of the next steps for you. I love that. So, you know, I'm curious, you eventually, you have this incredible studio now. I, I wish I could book an appointment. You're like fully booked, but tell me more. I mean, that must be such a fun, emotional like thing for you, but 
How has it been having your own studio? You know, yeah. What were some of the like highlights of having your own real space? I mean, it's great. I listen, I I'm really into interiors. It's like my passion. And so I think that was the big thing for me. I finally got to make something that's absolutely gorgeous. That's all mine. So that's wonderful. It's one of the most peaceful spaces for sure. I love being in there. I never get tired of it. So it's been, it's been great. It's been really nice. And now that you have like a product line in a, a, a different business, are you still doing 40 facials a week? Like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. I do. Um, I do honestly about 10 a week now. So I only work two days a week. Sometimes I work three, but it's really tricky with like balancing everything else. But no, I knew and I Sephora told me right away, like, you know, you're not going to be able to work every day, just so you know, like I knew in the beginning. So then, you know, once pandemic happened, it made it easy for me to just be like, guys, I'm not coming back. That's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, and actually that reminds you like so much happened in the pandemic, you launched into Sephora and then the pandemic hit. Like how did that impact you guys? Cause I'm sure there's certain expectations to hit certain sales. You know, you want to show well when you first launch on Sephora, like how did the pandemic impact you or did it? Pandemic was really great because everyone got into skincare. So I did really well in the beginning that, you know, there were ups and downs in the beginning, um, but it actually was great for me. I mean, it was hard for the studio for the uh, for a while because we closed down. But overall, it was good. It was really good. I find that I probably even m- worked more in the pandemic than I do now, which is wild. And what were you focusing your time on at, during then where you were working a ton? A lot of education and a lot of videos and a lot of, you know what I mean? Just always doing that. It was almost like every day. Yeah. And I'm curious because we do a lot of education too with content. How do you structure your days now? Are there days where you're like, because right, you do such incredible content, like you're always educating. I mean, that's how I followed you years ago. But are there certain days where you're like, all right, Mondays are going to be this? Or are you just kind of on the fly when you feel? Yeah, I'm sort of it, have a schedule pretty much. I yeah. Sometimes I break the schedule. But yeah, every day there's something. But as far as content, I'm supposed to do it every Friday. Sure. If I'm not in a mood, otherwise, yeah, yeah, you got to be like on, (laughs) then it gets moved. So yeah, no, totally. It's funny because people always reach out. They're like asking how we do our content. I'm like, you just got to show up and do it. Like there's no, like, I'm curious, like you have such incredible social media content. When people reach out to you, which I'm sure they do, they're like, Shani, tell me the secrets. Like, how do I build a strong following and a brand on social? Like, what do you tell that person? I don't know. You know what? I'm not there yet with social. It's actually pretty tricky for me. I'm always asking other people, but what I do try to do is at least put out as much, you know, I want to help people. I try to, you know, educate as much as I can, but I'm definitely not a star of Instagram. Not there yet. I think, I mean, your education is so key. So I think that is incredibly valuable, right? Like, Maybe you're not doing the funny trends, but you're adding significant value, which I still think is helpful. And and for me, like we, you know, I have a wellness brand. I love doing that content because it's not like I'm selling. I'm just talking about something that can help someone. Yeah. So it's just sure. more natural, right? Like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yes, I totally agree. So I want to actually talk about skincare. I am so, and I'm sure you know this is obviously your specialty. I'm someone that has dealt with acne for my whole life, and having darker skin scarring and me picking at it, it's like a whole 
whole journey. What do you think are like maybe some of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to more acne prone skin? Um, using the wrong products for their skin type, for sure. Um, not wearing sunscreen. I would say those are the two big ones for acne. Most people are just using the wrong products. You know, there's other things. It could be hormonal. Like once you get into it um, and you have someone on the right routine, you know, and they're still breaking out, there's a million other things you can do. Pull out dairy. You may have to go to a dermatologist. You may need a prescription. Um, but I would say the most, the two big ones are you have to wear sunscreen. You're going to scar if you don't. You need to wear sunscreen for many other reasons as well. But, and then just making sure that you're using the right products. Yeah, I love that. It's funny you say sunscreen because years ago, now I wear it all the time, but I was like, it's going to break me out. Like, yeah. but it doesn't. The right no, ones well, don't. Different sunscreens now, so for sure. Yeah. I love that you said the wrong products because actually I'm always testing different things and I, recently just tested another one. I should have done spot testing. Is that what you call yeah. it? Yeah. I was blown away. I'm like, why have I not done that before? But I was prepping for your interview. I was like, shit, I should have spot tested. But I tried this new protocol and completely broke out my skin. Like it took a month and a half to finally to get, it's like this whole thing. So how do people know like they're using the wrong products? Like how should they think through that? If that might be one of the biggest drivers for acne? Well, you know, you have to look at, I mean, you, you want to try a product line that is geared towards acne for sure. Okay. If you are breaking out, I mean, I'm not a big fan of oils. So I typically think someone that's breaking out should use oil free. Um, and a lot of people try to argue me, uh, argue with me about it, but I, I can see it on people's faces, right? When I give them a facial, I always know when someone's using an oil based product always. Um, mm. So I would just say, you know, you, you want to make sure that you're, you can't look in a magazine or online and see that this person's using it and that you should buy that product. It has to be for your skin type. When you say oil free, do, do, would you recommend that literally the product needs to say like this is it'll oil say free. oil free it will also there's other products that they'll say non-comedogenic which means it won't okay. clog doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't have um, an oil in it but it means that the oil that's in it they've tested to make sure that it's not comedogenic. So you you can find that on most products. Like moisturizer nowadays is going to say oil-free if it is. Mm, okay, good to know. Good to yeah. know. And what would you say, so when you're like, all right, you should really know your skin type, like what are the array of skin types? I think it's, it's hard. I've been wanting to do this for my website to try to really teach people like their skin yeah. type. But like if you're acne prone, you're most likely going to be oily. So, um, or you, you have some sort of your, your skin's definitely producing oil it might be in your T zone, but you know, it's, th that's important to know. So if you're acne prone, I would definitely, that's why I'd say you've got to look for non-comedogenic or you need to look for products geared towards acne. Um, and then, you know, if you have dry skin, you typically truly dry skin, like you're not producing oil, you have probably very, very minimum, minimal to no pores at all. Um, oh, nice. so, and that, I mean, those are ones, you know, someone with dry skin, they can pretty much use all the oil they want and all the moisturizers they want, but for someone, um, really oily, it's trickier. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so helpful. And what is your recommendation with scarring, whether it's tools, creams, skincare, like tell us everything <laughs> scarring. Can you even get rid of scarring? 
Retinol is great for scarring. I would always say a retinol-based product. There's so many different ones. It's actually, there's many things that you could use, but retinol would be my first thing. And can you get rid of scarring? Some pit scarring, you know, you can't get rid of. You can make it look better with microneedling, and, but you can't get rid of it completely, which is why you need to treat your acne um, and not leave it because that's permanent. Oh, I learned that the long way. I never had such bad acne. And then I got off birth control years ago and was messing around with it myself. And I had all this scarring. I'm like, crap, I'm still yeah. dealing with it years later. So yeah, definitely don't touch the scarring at all. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's going to ruin everything. But what, what camp do you kind of fall into with your skin type for yourself? Mine, I'm oily yeah. T-zone. So I'm oily on my nose and on my chin. Um, yeah. I, everywhere else is kind of normal, normal yeah. skin type. No, I can good. pretty much use most things. I, I don't use oils. I can't use okay. heavy moisturizers, but I can use a lot of actives. I can use a retinol every night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. That's good. I mean, it's also good that you know you can't also use oils and creams. Like never again am I going to dabble into anything that doesn't say oil-free no. or anything. It's just not worth it. Yes, definitely go with oil-free. Well, are there any like ingredients that are getting you excited right now or new products that you're just like, this is really cool. This is something new in my own skincare routine. I haven't had anything new that I've been really excited about lately. I'm trying to think a part of the problem. No, I haven't. I'm trying to think, have I gotten any new products that, because I try so many things, but I haven't, there hasn't been anything quite yet that I've gotten really excited about other than all the lip glosses that I try every day because I'm obsessed with lip gloss. Um, I haven't tried anything new that I'm dying over right now. doesn't mean it's not coming. Sure. No, I love that. And I mean, if you're always testing products, like how do you deal with avoiding any reactions, right? Are you, so the test spotting, like how do you try new products? I don't, I actually have horrible dermatitis that you can't see, which is around my nose, um, right now. And I got that from overdoing it with actives. So I actually haven't been able to test products in a month. And I even text the um, dermatologist just yesterday. I was like, how many more days, Vicky? How many more days until this is going to be gone? So um, I'm not, it doesn't always work out for me. <laughs> so it's so part of the, I'm I mean, I can't tell for you now, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm on hold for it and I hope it's going to be gone soon. But um, it's harder for me to try other products. I don't usually try other people's lines now because I'm trying to deal with mine. But if yeah. somebody, if my client comes in and she's like, or says, oh my God, you have to try these new things or yeah. this new product or this product, I will, I will buy it and try it. Oh, I have something that I love, something new that I'm obsessed with. And I'm not going to know the name, but it's from Raquel Aesthetics and they're mm-hmm. these Kojic vitamin C pads, Kojic and vitamin C. And I think they are amazing. I love that. that. Newest thing that I'm obsessed with, obviously can't use it right now, but (laughs) really good product, but also like not in, I think she's just selling it from like her studio or her office. So, um, but really good product. I love that. And I know you also have, I'm pivoting a little bit, a mentorship program. I think you're on year two now, but tell us more about that and kind of who it's good for, maybe like what are some learnings you've personally had from bringing this cohort of women together? I love that you do that. Um, well, it happened from during the pandemic and um, that's where it sort of started. I, I, you know, it's not anything 
my husband helps me with it. I, I just really wanted to help people like give back in any way I could. I don't think like sure. I'm the most amazing person. I don't know all the answers for everything, but it's just kind of giving guidance of where to go. It's nice. We yeah. talk, I think once a month, my husband actually talks yeah. to them way more because he loves to talk. Um, <laughs> give them guidance, like, in the finance part or like, okay, for me, I'm more with the facials. Like mm -hmm. I can help you, you know, fix your menu and, and oh, your services and how much you're charging and what you're doing and all of those things. So we've been doing that now. I think this is year two. I love that. So it's mostly focused for estheticians. Yeah. I think this one, this time it's just estheticians that are also um, developing a product line. Um, this year. Yeah. So, cause for me, it's, it's easier to help with, you know, obviously I've been an esthetician for a while. So kind of giving back to that, but it's nice. That's so fun. I love that. I mean, and I like what you said, you know, sometimes you don't have all the answers and you can help guide them. I feel like I'm sure you even do that in your own life. Like running a business or so many things. I'm sure there's yeah. stuff your husband doesn't even know where you can tap into like, let me ask someone like even with social yeah. media, you said, I'm not doing it all great. I'm asking people like, what should I do? So sure. I love like your resourcefulness. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to give back. Like I said, I don't, I, I don't always have the answers, but I mean, I think it's been very helpful for them. One, one of the girls texted me yesterday and she was like, I just love what you guys are doing. And I'm always like, did I really help you? Like, I know, like, but I try, I try. Yeah. Well, sometimes the knowledge is so normal to you that yeah. you forget that, oh, okay, I could actually help someone who might not have like the years of experience yeah. that you have, but you don't realize it until you put it out there and you get a text like that. And you're like, oh shit, I am no, helping people. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm also curious, you know, any part of your journey, you know, have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome? You know, you work with so many celebrities. Have you ever felt like, I don't know if I want to be the face of the brand, or I don't know if I want to put myself out there, maybe in the early days? I mean, I never wanted to. I can't stand to watch my own Instagram. I don't like to listen to myself talk. I don't, I'm the, the furthest from all of that. It's like when people are like, do you want to be on a panel? I'm like, what? Why? Why? <laughs> um, so absolutely. But I didn't have really, you know, that's what happened. We, it only made sense to make the brand named after me um, only because I was an esthetician. So it made sense. And then you kind of just listen, I always I'd love somebody else to be the face. <laughs> Come on and in. it's like your name. though. <laughs> so it's just what it is. You know, I'm yeah. used to now but like I don't look at my Instagram I mean yeah. that's very rare you know someone on my team will say you need to these people are all commenting if you want to hop on I'll do that but otherwise I don't want to watch myself I, I think in the very beginning when I started I said I never would even do Instagram there's no way I was going to do a video and now here I am like that's all I do oh my god I love that all it's very um it, I, I don't know where I got that but I'm I'm not that person at all. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I feel the same way. And people are like, what? Like you have a podcast, you do so much content for your business. I'm like, I don't like to look at myself. I don't like to listen to my voice as well. But like, it's still that feeling doesn't stop me from still putting content out there. So how did you get it to the point where it's not holding you back? Cause you're like, I never saw myself do this. Like, how do you continue doing it? Even if it's not part of your natural being? 
Well, now it is like, I, it's just what I have to do. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm thinking about it. Like people have to remind me, make sure you film this, make sure you do this. So it's not part, but it's just like, it kind of goes along with all of it. Like I have to do that. And so it's just what I do now. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, it's good because if someone's listening today and they're like so shy to put themselves out there, it doesn't feel natural. The more you do it, the more natural it becomes. Like, look at you. Because I think if you're a normal person, you kind of feel like an asshole. Like, honestly, like that you're always on Instagram. And it's like, because there's a lot of people when I started that I would watch and I'd be like, wow, you're the most annoying person. But it's like, you get used to it and you realize, you know what I mean? Like, it's just what it is, what it is. So it doesn't bother me now. But I also, like I said, I don't usually look after it's posted because I would probably cringe at myself. Yeah. So do you spend any time on social media like other profiles? You don't spend a lot of time in general on Instagram. I look at Instagram and I look at whoever, you know, like I look at other people's feeds, but I'm mostly on it to answer DMs because I get a ton for asking about skincare. Like what should I use? So I'm more of answering everything. But no, I'm not checking myself out. That's great. That you just go straight to the DMs and yeah. then out. You're not like <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. Amazing. Well, I'd love to end on a question and ask your thoughts on what would you think is maybe one of the proudest moments or greatest achievements that you feel like you've had in your life, whether it's personal, professional. Having my kids, opening my studio, launching in Sephora. So yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them. If you could tell your younger self, like you would be in the position you were today, what would younger Shawnee even think kind of fast forwarding to your life today? I don't know. I don't know. You know, you go through that, that whole period where you have no, you're lost and have no idea what you're going to do with your life. Um, you know, which was why I was rolling around in math, um, music videos in a corset. So I think, you know, it's great to say you're going to find what you're supposed to do. It'll come to you. So mm, yeah, I love that. It goes for everyone. I would hate to think that anyone, you know, went through life without finding what was right for them. But I, I, I have to believe we all do. Ugh, I have goosebumps with you saying that. Like, I wish that for everyone, because like yeah. you said, once you find it, then like doors will open because you're just naturally passionate and you do the work. Right. And so things happen. Yeah, for sure. I always, I hate saying it. I said this earlier. It's like when people say, how do you know skincare and all about people's skin? And I always say, it's kind of like intuitive for me. Like I'm really, really good at it. But I think a lot of that is just my gift because it's, Mm -hmm. it's weird. There's a lot of people that are in that have done all the courses and all the things in skincare that are just not there. And I've watched this, but for me, it was just always very easy for me. Mm, I love that. So just a reminder, anyone listening, dabble into different things, try different stuff. Shawnee did not always know that it took many turns and tries. So just good motivation to hear because once you find what lights you up, it's like a true gift. And I think your biggest competitive advantage, like what you said for yourself. So I think yeah. that's amazing. Well, Shani, thank you so much for joining us. I know we both don't like to talk about ourselves, so I appreciate you joining us. You're amazing. So inspired by you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind Her Empire. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review or even sharing this episode with someone who might be inspired to create their own empire. 
To stay updated on new episodes or join our private community, visit BehindHerEmpire.com to sign up. We send inspiring and short emails every week to your inbox. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you're always in charge of your own destiny and it's never too late to start your own empire.